Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. I like this. We already got somebody in the mix. Because you know what we're talking about yet, but he says, every week, I hit my weekly goals. I buy happiness on Monday in the form of chicken wings. See, I like it. That's what we're going to talk about here. Dan Jacobs show. Another hour to go here on Saturday. So this is fascinating. I, I had the opportunity to fill in on the drive this week with DMAC and everybody else that was part of the crew, right? You got uh, KJ Granderson. You got Drew Spivak, the executive producer. Rifftop Richie jumps in. And it was really fun. And I'm kind of like a fly in the wall during the breaks. You know, I don't normally get to do that. I'm normally not not around. I'm doing my day job. The 303 Law 4040. And so it's just kind of fascinating. And I actually had not spent a lot of time around Drew in particular, right? And so this thing all week, it's building up. It's Taylor Swift, the concert, and it's big, and then, you know, all this stuff. And at some point, Drew starts getting this itch, like, I think I want to go to the Taylor Swift concert, right? And it's like, well, can you afford it? Well, yeah, I mean, we have the money. Like, well, okay, so is it going to set, is this thing? So I've been, it's your philosophy, right? And, and now when I say this, there's a caveat, right? There's no, even if when I say experts say this, right? Well, that's these experts and this is still their opinion because it's not like, it's not like medical science, and even medical science is, you know, can be debatable. But this is not like, because, you know, they want to, this is now the prevailing opinion amongst these experts, but you can still disagree, right? And you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. And it still, and I hate this, what's true for you, but in this case, it may apply, right? But many experts now that study things like this will tell you, or they believe, that if you have money, and again, this is on the premise that it's not wise to live outside your means, right? So this is not, you know, run up a bunch of credit card debt to do things like this or whatever. But if money is no object, um, you can do you can do several things with your money, right? But if given the choice of buying things, cars, houses, toys, tangible items, or experiences to create memories with yourself, uh, you know, well, you can't create memories with yourself, I guess, or whatever. I guess you can for yourself or with others as well, that it is best to enrich your quality of life to create those memorable experiences, the vacations, the sporting events, the concerts, things like that. And I've been trying to embrace that principle a little more. And so, and my wife has, and, and it's like, because what are we here for? And it's nice to buy a nice car, right? If that car brings you enjoyment and you feel good, it feels better about yourself, you're driving around town, my man, Sean's behind the glass, you're right behind the glass, right? You have a nice Corvette. Yes, sir, I am, and I'm here with headphones. Yes, with headphones, so we can have a conversation. You have a Corvette, and during the week it has a, it has the cover on, and when you feel good, you take the cover off and you drive around. It's a special occasion, is it not? Yes, sir, it is. I call it dropping the top because it was sunny, and then I caught me some ends. There you. What does caught, caught me some ends mean? <laughs> you take the T-tops off or what? I, I, take, the, I take the target top off. Yes. Okay, yeah. So there you go. It's, you know, it's something special. You create experience, whatever. But it's like, okay, so 
uh, like for me last year, with it was not even a, you know I mean we talked you know I had to ask my wife or whatever but like the Avalanche, Stanley Cup, it hadn't happened in twenty years, and I really felt strongly that they were going to win in Tampa, and I had a buddy that lives you know one of my best friends lives in Tampa. I'm like I'm just going to go and watch them win the Stanley Cup, and I'm not rich so it's, but but the money. The point is the money at that point was not an issue, right? The tickets actually a lot cheaper than Taylor Swift. Actually, to be honest about it, the airline flight to Tampa and a Stanley Cup final championship ticket for the top of Amelie Arena, cheaper than the tip, cheapest. Those things combined is cheaper was cheaper than to get into Taylor Swift tonight. Think about that. To watch the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. But I was like, yeah, of course, because it's an experience I'm always going to remember. And I do remember. And now, like a year later, it's popping up in my Facebook feeds. I'm like, that's awesome. And I had a great experience with my buddy and you know, all that stuff. Pictures of me and the Bolt Warrior. And it was cool. But so that's, you know, a lot of right now the prevailing thinking is you should have these experiences. But it was fascinating. But, but people think differently. And there's, well, I should say, well, I'm not judging, but I absolutely was judging. Like I was judging, you know, Drew and DMAC. Like, because to me, it's very clear. Like, Drew, but I don't know Drew, and I don't know Drew's wife. And everybody's relationship is different. I don't. I have no idea what his wife is. And But, you know, guys also, they'll, they'll say one thing, but they're really talking about themselves, and they'll play, you know, play this, their wives off, whatever, off each other. But he's like, Drew wants to go. He absolutely wants to go. And money is really not an object, right? Like, it's not, not you know, it's like, it's not like, well, if I do this, then I can't pay my light bill or I can't do this or I have to put it on the credit card, but then I'm going to pay it off because I'm not advocating that. Like, I'm not saying just to me because I'm not big on debt or whatever. So it's, it's not I'm not talking about, all right, you want to go to Taylor Swift? Well, then put it on the credit card and pay it off later. I'm not saying that. Like the money was in the account. You could pay for it, whatever and just got. And it was funny the way it changed over the, the, the course of the two days, right? Because we're starting to talk about it on Thursday, and it was like they were, he was this close to doing it. He was going to take his wife, he's going to have this beautiful experience. And it's like, well, but, this, but then we start rationalizing. We start talking our way through it. It's like, well, but with the seats. And I'm just, I'm sitting there shaking my head. I'm, I'm, I'm chiming in a little bit. But first off, he's going to DMAC for the advice, which, you know, God, it's terrible, terrible. Why would you be doing that? And DMAC's like, well, this and that, and well, well, but from there, and then I was like, dude, first off, this is an experience being in the building. First off, it's a, it's a, it's a concert at a football stadium. She's, she's going to be the size of a speck pretty much no matter what. You're going to be seeing it on the screen. This is about being there and being there with 70,000 other people singing the songs, feeling the energy, and it doesn't matter. It's just saying you're there and feeling it and walking around and, being in the parking lot and being in there and hearing it, even if it's not good, even good sound quality, it's, it's just about that being there and soaking it up. And which is funny because I would imagine with a Taylor Swift concert, like, I don't even know, do people even drink alcohol at a Taylor Swift concert? I mean, I'm sure a little bit, but, like, not. it's not even one of those concerts, right? Like, it's really just about, like, a, almost like a dead, sober, fun, happy Soak it up energy experience, probably more than other concerts. 
and that I was here for it hasn't happened. And I thought for sure, man, he's in. Like, like why wouldn't you? It's too grand. Like, for him and his wife, it's going to be like two. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to come down on Drew because I want to have this larger conversation. But it was fascinating because I thought, wow, he's, he's in. I'm like, wow, this is going to happen, and it's going to be awesome. And then Rooftop Richie was going to try and sneak. And, Ru, and, and Richie wanted to go. And then Ru, and Richie, he's like, I just can't. You know, but Richie maybe it would maybe would have been more of a sacrifice for Richie, right? He's got he was in a different situation, and so it was it was very interesting. And then I came in the next day, and Drew was Drew and Dmac were in this conversation, completely talking Drew out of it. Oh well, no, not now, no, because this seat now I would get would be no, and it's not even. And it was just this rationalization. I was, I was like, I'm sitting here like a fly in a wall watching someone talk themselves out of happiness over what? Was it worry or fear or rationalization or what? What? I don't know. I mean, it was very, uh, it, was a, it was like a social experiment. I don't know, some sort of experiment. Right and and Dmax like oh no now it makes even no sense like 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 this whole thing was about making sense it was about a connection it was about an experience it was about an emotion it was about a fulfillment it was about making a memory with my with his wife or you know whoever you know whatever insert yourself in the situation or your friends or whatever right it wasn't about dollars and cents and and is this an investment you know it's it's not your retirement account. And so it was just fascinating to me. And then I got up this morning, and, like, you go to Will Peterson's, Scrappy Will Peterson's Twitter uh, account, and you see some of these videos, and you're like, wow, man, there's not a seat in the house that you could be sitting in when, when like, this one video was going on, and it wasn't absolutely awesome and cool. And I don't think there's a person in that house during that moment of, like, this one video that Will's posted that's going, oh, this is so awesome, but I overpaid for this ticket. Like, they were all just completely, 80,000 people just completely in the moment, not not a person li- living with a second of regret in that house. Yeah, Dan, I was going to say, um, we were just thinking about uh, coming up with a few other ways that we could maybe spend 2K yeah. um, on, a, on an evening. Sure. You know, and my my theory was maybe go on a day trip to Lake Lake, Ta- Lake Tahoe for the day, have dinner, you know, by the by the sh- you know by the by the lake or something like that, or on the top floor of, of a restaurant, and then fly back home. Yeah, and you probably still may not even have spent the whole two k. Right, like if you you think you know you you have you go you fly to James's house in Lake Havasu, right? Like, the, and there the, the, because that was that was actually what was going on this this internal bargaining. Or it was actually external with with DMAC. Well, I can fly to L.A. and do this and that and this and that. And guess what happened? He I'm, didn't go anywhere. So I'm guessing what happened. He nothing. Nothing happened. Like he was. Oh, I could go to L.A. and go to the Taylor Swift concert, and then and then. Oh well, then my they were talking about all sorts of crazy scenarios. Well, my grandparents could watch the kid, and then we could go to Taylor Swift in this city, and then. Uh, and guess what? The ultimate result of all that's going to be for Mr. Spivak. Nothing. He's never going to see Taylor Swift. And his wife and I, they're never going to, none of that's going to happen. I mean, they're going to do other things in life, and they're going, to, they're going to be fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not about Drew. It's just, it was just fascinating 
to watch. Like if you're paying for backstage passes, then I, I then it's worth it. Then at that point, for, right? so for you, it's just not worth it. No, right? But so, um, I mean, what's your passion in life? Um, my passion is sports, sir. Okay, so what's your favorite team? The Raiders. The Raiders. Okay, the Raiders have a beautiful new stadium. Yes. Right? So, um, let's say the Raiders were hosting um, the... Chicago Bears. AFC cha- No, no, the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs this season. And for um, $500, you could be on the sideline. I'm there. Boom. No question. Immediately. Whatever for a thousand dollars. A thousand. I'm still there for two thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm not taking a guess. No, there's no plus one at that point. It's just me. Well, no. For two thousand dollars, you and your you and your you and your plus one, you do it. I'm gone. We're gone. Right? Yeah, we're out there. How much would it take for you not to do it? Sideline passes for the Oakland or not Oakland Las Vegas Raiders taking on the the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. See. I, I stay balling within my means, Dan. So, like, I don't know if I necessarily have a tag. Uh, if we start getting north of uh, four hundred or four thousand, I'm there out. There you go. I'm out. See, there you go. Um, so this is funny. Swifties are alcoholics. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the average age was. I assume it was like a lot of teenagers. Um, somebody says. <laughs> T-Swift is a near totally sober concert experience. Bah, ha, ha, your honor, with all due respect, this could be your most delusional take ever. I don't know. Talk to me, people. I have no idea. I have no earthly idea what goes on at a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, they're outside doing friendship bracelets and stuff. If, if I'm wrong, I'm glad to admit it. Apparently, I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, it's definitely it's, it's a lot of kumbaya out there. A lot of kumbaya outside. I mean, people maybe they are making friendship bracelets, but then people are making friendships with people that they have maybe maybe never met before as well. Is it a man. bunch of twenty eight year old single chicks getting hammered? Is it a bunch of cougars? Is it a bunch? Of, I mean, is it a bunch of teenagers? I thought it was a bunch of teenagers. It's definitely it's definitely a, a seventy thirty right. So you're going to see the parents, but the the majority is going to be teenagers out there. Yeah, so if it's a majority of teenagers, I would like to think they're not getting hammered. Well, they, they can't get alcohol unless. Mm, yeah, see, I'm, I'm Dan. I'm a fallback. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, they were saying tailor gating, and I thought tailor gating was like exchanging um, the friendship bracelets and stuff. Which I don't even know what all that is. I thought it was like like they were showing people had the little uh, tackle boxes full of beads where you make your bracelets. In the in the tail in the parking lots, I didn't you know it wasn't like a bunch of you know slamming beers and eating brats. And you're not going to go to a Taylor Swift concert and get hammered because the beers are one the lines are ridiculous and the beers are twenty bucks a pop. I'm sure. Right? Somebody says uh, you know she's in her thirties. Moms are getting hammered. <laughs> well, the moms were, but what about the other, the kids aren't? Hey man. I, I I don't know what goes on at Taylor Swift concert. I just assume because there's so many kids in there, it's not, you know, a bunch of old people getting hammered and smoking dope. That's all I'm saying. You know, a lot of concerts, people go because they want to get a little buzzed or a lot buzzed and take it in. Soak up the music. I think, uh, to me, it seems like it's a different experience. I don't know. Could be wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of it going on, but probably less would be my guess than at other concerts, but I could be wrong. All right, uh, coming up a couple hours ago, we were able to – I hadn't talked to him in a long time. It's been several weeks. 
Um, we did visit with DenverSports.com editor James Merla. For those of you that missed it, we'll bring that conversation back to you next. He said the way my blue eyes shine Put those Georgia stars to shame that night Taking a break from laying down the law in the courtroom to lay down the law in the sports world. Here's Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Tim McGraw, James, sing it, James. That's an old school Taylor Swift. That's back when she was a country artist. I know. All I know is the old stuff. Shockingly. That's a, that's a good one. That's a little bit back in the uh, era of uh, teardrops on my guitar. Kind of the same uh, same genre for her. Yeah, I loved I That's one of my all-time favorite moments, man. When she just walks up to Tim McGraw right in front of his wife and drops her game right on his lap. And Faith Hill is just dropping daggers with her eyeballs right at Taylor Swift, man. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? Oh, she's a she's an unbelievably talented artist, though. She's like say what you will about Taylor Swift, but she's I mean she writes her own stuff, she plays her own stuff. She's an amazing singer, amazing performer. So uh, I'm I'm nothing but a fan, Dan. Oh, I love it, and you know it's kind of funny these uh, trolls that she's going to put what somebody said. Oh, she's going to generate a billion dollars for the economy. No, it's more like a like they're saying two hundred million this weekend in Denver. So it's got to be. I don't know, a trillion dollars, but the, but she can't, tr- but she's the responsible for taking a private plane. Like, come on, guys, where are we going with this? Come on, drives me crazy. Wait, people were actually saying that about her? Oh, do you know the environmental harm she is creating by taking a private plane? That's irresponsible. She shouldn't be able to do that. Okay, yeah. Well, the next time I see uh, Taylor Swift sitting back in coach on a Southwest flight with me, we'll I'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be the first. So listen, I, I'm not going to necessarily get into that debate with people, but, uh, do we have bigger fish to fry? Yeah, we, uh, we definitely do. So that that's something I don't, uh, spend my, uh, my nights lying awake, staring at the ceiling worried about. Well, here is the debate though. And this is a little hard for you because you're a man of means. You, you know, you have the, the Maryland family empire, but <laughs> I know you've enjoyed yourself. You had a good ride. We, we live vicariously through you. So I know probably where you're coming from on this, but not irresponsibly. Not a, you know, I'm not talking about living outside your means, but let's just say you have the means and I'm talking about in general, not you specifically, James. But if you can do something like like we had a, a, a couple of um, teammates here at the fan that wa- really wanted to go, but they got in their own heads about the Taylor Swift thing. They talked themselves out of it. But let's say it's the Yankee game. Or last year was with me, you know, going to the Stanley Cup Finals. If you have the opportunity to do something that makes you happy, should you do it? Now, I'm not saying you rack up a credit card bill that you can't afford to pay off and then your kids don't eat or things like that. But do you owe it to yourself to buy yourself the happiness if you have the means, James? Yeah. Um, Far be it for me to tell anybody what to do with their money. I mean, you know, and everybody uses or spends money in a different way, right? Like some people it's experiences. Uh, so that I could be going to a game or a really nice meal or whatever. Some people see that as wasteful because you don't have anything tangible to show afterward, like to each their own. So if you can afford to do it and you want to go, then, then go. Yeah. Good, good for you. So, you know, I, I spent probably more than I should have to take my three boys to an NBA finals game. Cause I was thinking, 
when's the next time they're gonna, the Nuggets are going to be in, in the NBA Finals? It never has happened in my life. I'm about to turn 50, so I'm going to go ahead and splurge on this. I went to Super Bowl 48, but I did not go to Super Bowl 50, even though I was out in San Francisco covering the game because I couldn't get myself to spend the money again after 48 was such a terrible experience, the only sporting event I've ever been to where I did not cheer one single time. So, you know, it, it just depends on the, the moment, the opportunities, but I'm all about experiences. I think, you know, and I, I try to do this at least with the, with my kids of, you know, I know my job is to, you know, make sure they get an education and they learn responsibility and work ethic and all those lessons. But to some extent, you're also a memory builder. So um, if you can, uh, if you can do those things and create those things, go for it. I'm, I'm on board. I'm on, I'm on team experience. So are, are you glad you didn't, are you glad you didn't go to Super Bowl 50? Was that, is that, is that a source of happiness for you? The fact you didn't go to Super Bowl 50? Well, when he ended up winning it, I was like, geez, you know, if I could have traded him, I would have traded 48 for 50, but it wound up being fun. I was at my mom and dad's house, which I, where I've watched, you know, geez, practically every Broncos road game, road game since 1984 or five. Um, and so I was with family and friends and had a good time. So no, it was, it was great. You know, I would have been by myself or maybe with one other person versus, you know, hanging out with everybody. And we all couldn't go to the game. You couldn't get, you know, 20 tickets. So it was, uh, it was a fun experience either way. You can, you can make the most of it, whichever direction you go. Now there's really not a way to make an experience out of Taylor Swift last night. You're either ponying up for the tickets or you're, uh, or you're not. But uh, for those who wanted to do it, great. My Facebook, and I'm sure yours was too, Dan, was filled with people, you know, getting ready to go and them and their daughter or whatever. And um, tickets, uh, photos from the concert, they look like they had a great time. I tip my cap. Good for them. Here's, here's what I'm honing in on what you said, though. You said, so when you t- went to the Nuggets game, you spent more money than you probably should have. Why, why would, what does that mean? Like, why was it more than you probably should have? Well, so you're in your own I head. Mean, you're, you're in your own head. Yeah, to some extent. Was uh, it you worth know, it? You, and, and I went to the only game they lost in the entire playoffs at home. So that, that probably changed it. If Jamal Murray hits that shot and it's, probably the greatest moment in Nuggets history. I mean, just single moment. It would have been worth every single penny. You know, when you're walking out of the arena and you're upset because it's a one, now 1-1 one, one series, you, you rethink it. But, you know, you do start to think about, well, what could we have done with, with, the, with those dollars? I will say this. and You know, the, the bigger the amount of money, the longer this period of time takes. But for the most part, you get three, four, five, ten years down the road you never remember the money. You don't know what you would have done without it. Whatever you would have done with it instead would have been fleeting and gone anyway. And my boys and I will remember that experience and we'll joke about the fact that we were at the only loss and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, was it, I'm not going to miss a mortgage payment. You know, they're not going to have to miss college. We're not going to not be able to eat. So I guess to some extent saying it's more money than I should have spent is, uh, is inaccurate and unfair. So you're, you're, you're right. What, Way to call me out, Dan. I appreciate it. I, I just I just think about all those great Americans that on their deathbeds they said, you know, I just wish. And uh, when it, now that it's all said and done, I wish I would have paid more bills. <laughs> you know, I I'm very much with you. My my goal is, uh, you know, to to finish it up with about a dollar in the bank. Yeah. Um, here's another interesting philosophical question: Can you win the po- comeback comeback player of the year without playing? Comeback player of the year without playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I missed. I didn't hear earlier in the show when you set this up. I know. What would be, I know. The, what so would I was, be the example. I was our, so if Devar, De, Devar Hamlin 
comes back next year and uh, just steps onto the field. And let's and here's the argument that I was having with DMAC. Russell Wilson comes back. Now, he wasn't injured, but he comes back, plays out of his mind, and let's say he gets him to the AFC Championship game or wins a Super Bowl, whatever context it would take for him to be in the running. And DeVar Hamlin just comes back and steps onto the field. Does DeVar Hamlin Russell, win by default? No, Russell, Russell Wilson should win. And the DeMar Hamlin thing would be a great story, and it's an amazing accomplishment. The fact that the guy is even contemplating or attempting to play again is incredible to me. I mean, we all remember that moment. It wasn't that long ago, and so it's that is mind-boggling. But, no, you have to come back and play. You have to come back and play well. You have to come back and, and do something. Now, if he plays the whole year in Buffalo, and he doesn't need to lead the league in interceptions or anything like that, but if he comes back and he plays the whole season or plays 13, 14 games or whatever, the kind of the norm, then, yeah, he has a very compelling case. But if he just steps out on the field, does the old, you know, ceremonial play and calls it good, then no, that's that's not comeback player of the year. It doesn't mean it's not an amazing story, but he doesn't. he's not worthy of the award over somebody who comes out and plays and performs. It's, it's for what you do on the field, not just stepping onto the field. Yeah, now the other part of that was interesting conversation we had is, you know, because I was, you know, just kind of being a positive guy. You know, James, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm a positive mm-hmm. guy. It's a great story. Jamal Murray, very deserving at the ESPYs this week. Comeback player of the year. Absolutely. And my immediate response is, yeah, we're going to run it back. Not Bruce Brown style, but danger, danger, Russ, Russell Wilson. Now we're going to do this twice in a row for the city of Denver. Russell Wilson. We're going to run it back. He'll be the comeback player of the year next year, a la James Merlat pin tweet style, right? And there's immediate pushback. Uh, Brandon Stokely, uh, DMAC saying, well, you don't get comeback player of the year just for sucking and then being good again, do you? Well, that's not the entire story. He also was injured. He missed you know, some games with, um, with multiple things. He had the labrum injury, he had the hamstring injury, he had the concussion. You know, I mean, you can chalk that up to the normal bumps and bruises that come with playing football, but it's not as though he was completely unscathed and played 17 games and wasn't injured at all. So, yeah, I think you can come. You don't have to be Adrian Peterson coming back from an ACL to win it. Now, would Javante Williams, if he comes back and he starts week one or he rushes for 1,400 yards, be more worthy of it? Yeah, because he's actually coming back from uh, a major injury. But it's a nebulous award, right? It's a little bit like most valuable player. But what what constitutes valuable? Are you the the best player? Are you the guy that if you took him off your team, they would have the biggest drop off, which is completely impossible and arbitrary to um, to judge. So, you know, I think if Russell Wilson comes back and he's back to being Russ, that would be a comeback. I mean, it's that, that's kind of the definition of of coming back from you know you were a star, then everybody said you're cooked, and now you come back and you are a star. You, that's a comeback. So. He is going to be uh, he's going to be in the running for it. He's going to have a great year. And Dan, have you watched any of the Netflix series Quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota? I have not, but Matt Smith and DMac. This is DMac's favorite show of all time. I am going to start watching it. It sounds fascinating. I mean, a lot of it sounds like stuff I already kind of have an appreciation for. But yeah, go ahead, tell us about it. So it's great. I'm not finished with it. I'm three episodes in, and um, it's you know behind the scenes, the access that you get to these guys. You know, in the in the facility, on the field, mic'd up, away from the game, it's pretty incredible. But and I'm working on this for my column at DenverSports.com on Monday. It just pinpoints how unbelievably unfair everybody has been in Denver to Russell Wilson with the 
oh, he's got his quarterback's coach and his private chef and all the rest of this. All these guys do. All these guys do. Patrick Mahomes has his own personal trainer, his own quarterback's coach. Marcus Mariota hired a kid he met in fifth grade to be his personal chef. You know, Kirk Cousins goes to all these chiropractors and, and, and guys to give him body treatments during his off days away from the facilities. None of them just do everything that the medical staff of the team says and only get, you know, they only work out with the team trainers and only get coaching from the team coaches. None of them do. And people just, you know, killed Russell Wilson for that of all the things he did and how he, you know, uh, he was out of line doing that kind of stuff. It's like, well, all the people saying that don't know what they're talking about. Because that's what everybody does. That's the norm. So I have not doing exactly what everybody else does. So everybody, everybody else was on there with a charity that apparently is operating outside the normals. uh, That's a completely different conversation. That's not Jay keeps. That's not the chef. That's not the, the, you know, the, the training that he does. That's not all those kind of things. Oh, that's, that's something different. different. That's, oh, okay, that's, that's different. Yeah, that's a, that's away from the field. That's like talking about his his personal life. Like that that that's you know that's a different deal. I'm talking about the criticism he took from a football standpoint, from from working with people that weren't within the Broncos organization, was completely out of line, and it was it was a hot take from people who don't know what in the world they're talking about. Well, that's only hot. we've. By the way, we talked about it this week when you set it up like that. That's partially fair, but it was the cringy behavior was what really got Russ in trouble. It's not that he had it. That's nebulous. What's cringy to you isn't cringy to somebody else. So now we're talking about, well, we don't like his personality. He's a dork. He's not very cool. He's kind of clumsy. It's like, okay, well, that seems like a little bit dangerous territory of, you know, in, in the show, Kirk Cousins is very much, you know, dad bod, dad joke, you know, kind of square guy. So what? I mean, he also is tough as nails, and he works his butt off, and he does everything he can to be prepared to play on <clears throat> on Sundays and to make the most of his abilities. I truly think that's what Russell Wilson was trying to do. Now, it didn't work out. He's got to tweak his system, and he's got to, you know, adjust what he did, primarily in terms of, you know, his, his weight and his body and all the rest of that. But the criticism he took for it, and now it's turned into, well, it's because it's cringy. Yeah, okay, well, you find taste. it cringy, but that's a, that's, yeah. a you, that's a you problem. That's not a Russell Wilson well, it's problem. Well, it's not a me problem because it's an everybody every, – it's a seemingly, collectively, most people, the majority of people said agreed. It's like Broncos fans mm. – if you think it's a Broncos fan problem, well, then that's between James Merrillat and Broncos fans, I guess, because then it's I also, think, by the way, his that. teammates, his colleagues, also, because they're making fun of him, right? It's not like, oh, one or two people are like, oh, Russ is cringy. It, it seems like it was a problem for Russ, and if you believe Ryan Leaf, he, Russ, realized it. It's like if everybody, you know, not everybody, but, you know, it, in general, it's a major problem for Russ, then it's not a you problem, it's a Russ problem. Well, you know, Justin Tucker criticized him and made fun of him. I get it. And he was the butt of jokes. Or, you and Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman and the list goes on and shows. on. Sure. And his jealous ex-teammates, sure, who were waiting for him to fall and pounced on the opportunity. As soon as somebody has a tough moment, you pounce on him if you're Richard Sherman. That tells you more about Richard Sherman than it does about Russell Wilson. But Richard Sherman, you know, hey, how many... How many Super Bowls would Richard Sherman have if he didn't play with Russell Wilson? How many would Russell Wilson have if he didn't play with Richard Sherman? I think Russell Wilson took the high road in that situation and acted with class. I think some of his ex-teammates didn't. But we never heard his, his current teammates say anything negative about it. In fact, when they came out and defended him, we had people mocking that Russell Wilson forced his teammates to come out and defend him, which is 
there was no evidence of that. Like the guy couldn't win. So we're going to be critical of Paxton Lynch for not putting in enough time, not putting in enough effort, caring too much about Xbox. And we're also going to be critical of Russell Wilson when he's the opposite. It's like, well, at some point you're just the people that nobody, nobody can make you happy. You just want to gripe and complain. And listen, winning cures all. If they would have won last year, everybody would have said the things he was doing were, were the best thing in the world. I just think the guy gets criticized for things he doesn't deserve to be criticized for and doesn't get credit for any of the things he does. Like how many of the Broncos quarterbacks that have come through this town spent an hour every day after training camp, an hour signing autographs with the fans. Normally fan autograph time is six guys you've never heard of, but you got to look at your, your roster to figure out who the heck is that guy. One player you've heard of and everybody else sprints into the locker room and Russell Wilson every single day at training camp. Every day, didn't miss a one, was down there signing autographs for an hour after practice. So we're going to be critical of him of things. And listen, there were plenty of things to be critical of him for. But does he have to tell us all about his high knees on the plane? No, he doesn't. But if we're going to be critical of him, we need to give praise for the things he does that are unlike what other athletes do. And I don't think we do it. I think we just pick and choose. And everybody takes pot shots at the guy. And everybody's going to have egg on their face, and I may, I may bring it up, Dan. I may bring it up when, <laughs> all, when all you, you guys might. are proven wrong. Well, well, here's where I'm not going to be proven. Where I'm going to be proven right is, and here's why I agree with you. Like the weight thing. Like, do you honestly believe that Russell Wilson was fat and out of shape, James? I do. You think he was fat and out of shape? I don't think he was. You out don't of think shape. he worked think hard, he or heavy. do you think? I think he was well, too but heavy. that's different. He was, but be, that was a part of his strategy for last year. Correct. Now, maybe is he optimizing? Strategy. Is he tweaking? That's fine. But he wasn't because he was fat and slow and out of shape and this and that. Now, is he going to try and do something differently? Maybe. But I think it was incredibly unfair to ding him and then say, well, the narrative is that he was fat and out of shape. And, he, and probably because he was living some rock star lifestyle with Sierra. Not true. Like, he worked incredibly hard. He worked very hard, and he, maybe he just miscalculated. Or maybe it was a confluence of a million things like you were talking about. Bad coaching, bad decisions, bad offensive line, a bad roster, a bad organization, bad decisions on his part, a natural decline on his part. Maybe it was all of that. Maybe. It, I don't know. Maybe. But, listen, fat and out of shape I think is unfair. Do I think he was too heavy? Yeah. And Vaughn Miller made the same mistake, I don't know, back in 2014 or whatever when he came back from the knee injury and it was, hey, he put on 15 pounds of muscle. And I was like, well, why? His, his superpower was the fact that he was the quickest guy on the field and he could do that lean around the corner and get to the quarterback in a, in a way that most people aren't just built to do it. Why go with size and power? Why go? I mean, he wasn't the same player when he was heavier. He gets back down to his normal weight in 2015. He's a great player and he wins Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with thinking you need to adjust something. The, the the sin of it would be if in the face of evidence that that was the wrong path, you stubbornly stayed on it. And at least Russell Wilson is getting off of that path right. and realized, hey, I'm not good at this weight. I'm going to go back to what I was good at. So right. Well, yeah, I, credit for that. I agree with you. But the narrative is more and, and people are having fun of him and they're putting up pictures of him versus his draft workout versus now kind of like dad bod saying it's not dad bod. OK, by the way. Whoever was saying that, uh, take off your shirt and go, and I would have dared you to go take off, uh, uh, take a picture of Russell Wilson, R- Russell Wilson with his shirt off not last year. Russell Wilson did not, was not dad bod and fat and this and that. And I think it was, 
I think that was unfair to Russell Wilson. Maybe Russell Wilson said, yeah, you know, this offensive line's not very good. I'm probably going to take some hits, and I need a little more uh, oomph or a little more uh, something on me to absorb some hits. But I think it's unfair to him that people were calling, making fun of him, saying dad bod and this and that, and that he didn't work hard because he did. He always works well, hard, and we agree on that. I would agree with you. I do think it's all relative, right? Like, yes. you know, dad bod in the NFL. Yeah, probably. He, doesn't, he right. doesn't look like DK Metcalf. We'll put it that way. No, 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 of course not. No, no. All right, James, you out there coaching? What are you doing? Uh, no, I'm just observing uh, this weekend. So my, my son will be a senior at the academy. They run a, uh, a great uh, high school football camp up here at, uh, up at Western. So, you know, I, I brought – four of the kids from the team and their stuff up, you know, to, you got to take the caravan to get the team up here. So once I'm here, I'm just going to hang out. I go over and watch the little scrimmages that they have. I get to talk to you and, you know, get some work done. It's great. It's a great setting. Beautiful little town. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. As always, next week, we'll talk to you again. All right, Dan. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's James Merrillat from denversports.com. Your chance to react to him coming up next. Jury Executioner. Okay, that got really dark fast. Now back to his honor, Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver Sports Station. 1043, the fan. Texter saying, uh, well, one, that I'm arguing that Russell Wilson's overweight, which is the complete opposite of what I just said, and that he's calling James overweight. <laughs> James is in phenomenal shape. And then, I mean, you can call, he's calling me overweight as well, which, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I've lost 175 pounds. I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm trying. Like, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I want to do more. I, you know, so. So other than. You know, th- there's that. There- there's the fact that you didn't listen to anything that we said, uh, that James is in phenomenal shape, and I'm doing the best I can. I don't know what else to do for you, Texter. I don't, I don't-, I don't know what to do. I city last night. Uh-oh. Oh, Sean. I thought referring to the Rockies big one. Hey, <laughs> the Rockies big one. What's going over yeah. there? Sorry. All that was going over there. All right. Um... So thank you to James Merrillat for joining us on the program. I am looking at a text here on the Taylor Swift thing, talking about face value. Does that, because we're talking about this buying happiness thing, does that factor into to it? Like, you would go to Taylor Swift. So, so this is, I can't go into all your text, texter, but he was talking about, I used to go, this texter was saying, he used to go to 250 concerts a year. But he won't go anymore because he won't pay that much over face value. Now I gotta, I do have to admit, right? Like, like sometimes you do look at things, and you go, "Well, man, that's just—I mean, a thousand bucks to go to one show per person—that's too much." But what does it mean to you? For me, for Taylor Swift, although I gotta admit, looking at some of Scrappy Will stuff, I was like, "Wow, man!" Like, I don't think anybody there last night, no matter what they paid regretted being there, no matter what they paid. 
It is a lot of coin. And, we, you know, so, but but the face value thing to me, is it maddening? Do, do I do I not like, to, to me, what, what sucks is the fees. Th- this new marketplace where you, you have to have these fees. Okay, well, what's the ticket? Okay, it's 300 bucks. Oh, nope, it's 390 Because, like, for example, all week long we're talking about Oh, you can go see the the Rockies and the Yankees. But it's 38 bucks. We're like, oh, that's a phenomenal deal. I'm like, well, is it really 38 bucks? Is it, it's really going to be, it's going to be close to 100. Right? Because there's going to be fees and then you, you, and then we looked up the fees and yep, that's what it's going to be. Not maybe not 100 for $38 ticket, but it's going to be 70, 80, 90 bucks. So the fees, they, they, they do stick in your craw. Right, so th- there was something unpalatable about that, and there was the same thing. Like I was waiting for CU, CU tickets this year, right? CU season tickets, and they actually burned themselves. Like I think I don't know if you can right now. CU way overplayed their hand. Like they thought season you know, well season tickets did sell out. I'm sure real easy, right? But the single game tickets they got a little greedy. Because they just thought, oh, it's, they thought it was going to be like Taylor Swift tickets. And everybody was just going to be falling all over themselves. And we all did. Like a bunch of us sat in a queue just like Taylor Swift. And then we went to log in to go get tickets. And the prices were crazy high. And then there were fees on top of it, too. And you went to check out. And it was like, dude, $1,000 to go see them take on CSU for four tickets. And it was like, ugh. Not, no. I'm not doing it. And so to answer this question... Uh, seems like a lot of people said, no, I'm not paying that type of money to go to a college football game. Like, I had a buddy that, again, he got into his own head, or, or for him it just wasn't worth it, right? Like, he was just like, he wanted to go to see CU so badly. That's all he was talking about. He waited in line, and he's like, dude, you could go to see games for $5 for the last 10 or 15 years. Now they want me to pay 100 bucks just to get in? No, I'm not paying $100 just to get in. I got three kids. I'm not doing it. Plus parking and all that, I'm not dropping $1,000 minimum to go see them play anybody this year. You know, just the, the worst team, right? Especially for CU. That probably... We're all excited about Coach Prime and all that, but they're probably a three to five win team. And some of those games might get pretty darn ugly. So does that but it, but again, this this rationale, this justification, like like we talked with, you know, on the drive this week. Well, oh well, no, I, I was gonna pay it, but not if I'm sitting in this seat. Oh, not if it, not of this. So so is it well, yeah, I would have paid, but if the face value of the ticket was a thousand dollars, fine, because that's what that's what the promoter said it was worth, so I'd pay the $1,000. But no, the promoter said it was worth 500 So if the, the secondary market says it's worth $1,000, i am not paying a double face value. I feel like a fool. So I won't pay that much for that experience. It's just a very interesting conversation. And, well, if people in Kansas City only paid $600 to go, I don't want to pay 1000 to go in Denver. Or if people in Kansas City only paid X, but I'm in Denver, I can't. It's just a, it's it's a very interesting phenomenon to me. So we'll see. I, we'll see how it is. 
Uh, I'll be interested to see. Sydney, so you're going, uh, Sydney, did you see you're going tonight to the uh, Yankees? Or tomorrow? Uh, no, tomorrow for the day game. Okay, tomorrow. And how many how many people do you think are going to the day game tomorrow? Less people, for Le- sure. Less people cause, just because it's too hot? or Too hot. Yeah, okay. Too so hot. Not as fun. 35000 Dante, what do you think? Oh, they're cheaper. They're cheaper. So how much? How much? Dante just shut it out. How much do you think a ticket to the Rockies game is tomorrow? The cheapest ticket is sixty tonight. He yeah. says the cheapest the ticket tonight is sixty dollars. Uh huh. And tomorrow is what? Well, he's looking it up. He's looking it up. Twenty five dollars to get in to see. Man, it's a beautiful day. A little bit hot, probably. Yeah. It's just it's just too hot. For but people. you can go downtown. You can walk around. You maybe have a nice lunch. You go see the shops. A cheapest ticket tomorrow is forty. Um, I could be wrong, actually. Maybe a ton of people are going to come out Sunday, day game, have a nice little Sunday out there. Yeah. Nice little Sunday, go to Bed Bath & Beyond, head to the ballpark. <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't think those exist anymore. Yeah, no, there's very few. <laughs> They're dying by the day. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, so, yeah, you got the, yeah, let's, let's go check out the rally in McGregor Square. Interesting. All right, well, hey, it's been fun. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with you for the easy like Sunday morning edition of the Dan Jacobs show. Taylor Swift puts on her second show tonight in the mile high city. We will have a couple. We'll have Nate Jackson. I wonder if he's going. You think Nate Jackson's taking his uh, lovely, lovely Mrs. Jackson and the, the child to the, you know, or does he have people he's going to, uh, I bet Orlando went to at least one show. Orlando's at everything, but, uh, Nate Jackson will be on the program tomorrow. Will Peterson, check out his Twitter. He was all over it last night. We'll see. Uh, we'll get his report on just what it was like to be at the T Swift shows. We'll talk about that. What it was like um, for the uh, Rockies? See if they do. Uh, they make it two in a row against the old Yankees. Um, so thank you for riding with us today, Sean, Sydney, Dante. All of you guys did great behind the glass. Listen to the soothing sounds of the Dan Jacob Show theme song as we get out of here today. Doesn't mind telling you he's right, you are wrong. He's reading your checks, he's taking your calls. It's the damn Jacob show, and he'll decide what the law will allow. He's making your day the only way he knows how. By giving you the facts, cutting through the BS now. He's Judge Dan Jay. He doesn't mean no harm.